Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's wearing a Christmas sweater. She's Ashley Pickle. Yeah, it's December 1st. I it got is my December bears 1st. on. It is in fact December first. So yeah, I was so pumped. I almost I th- okay. I thought about doing it yesterday since it was like the start of the week, but it was still November, and I was like, mm, okay. I will all one other thing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the conversation with my wife last night about how the fact that Thanksgiving was so late this year, so mm-hmm. the twenty sixth. Yeah, is that right? Twenty seventh, twenty sixth, twenty. I think there's got to be a way to look that up. <laughs> There's magical things called 26. calendars. <laughs> the 26th. Because of that, mm-hmm. that weird period post-Thanksgiving, pre-December, I always think that's a weird time of year. Yes. Because it's like everyone's getting the Christmas mood, but it's just like, it's November? Yeah. Like, I don't know. That yeah. Was, I so- like it being pushed back, so there's less of that waiting time. Um I also uh, so the earliest, decorated my house. So the earliest possible now. date for Thanksgiving is November 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the latest is November 28th. So we can still even go a little bit farther. farther. Uh, but yeah, that's just the way it works. And sometimes whenever it falls on like the 22nd, it's like you have like two, like a week and a half yeah. of like non-November or non-December Christmas? Yeah. And, like, and yeah, my dad was super big on like, let's put the Christmas stuff out on like December 1st. So that mm-hmm. was always the worst when it's like, you're so excited and you're still on break. And then it's like, Oh, I well, got a whole, crap. I'm going to, I'm going to school for another, <laughs> for another week, week before, before we can, we can even do, do that. Yeah, exactly. Today is Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. 358 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1076, 1076, number of strikeouts for Juan Gonzalez and his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, friends, we've got some news and notes. Craig Way cannot join, I should tell you, we usually mm-hmm. have Craig Way on Tuesday. We Tuesdays. Cannot, tues, Tuesday. Oh, you almost said it. <laughs> we have Craig Way on Tuesdays. He cannot join us today because he is, I believe, actually at present calling a Texas basketball game. Texas is in, Texas is in the Maui Invitational oh. in Greenville. 
Do you know about this? Uh uh-uh. uh. So the Maui Invitational, the big preseason ba- or right. pre- like early season basketball. Yeah, tournament. North Texas was in that last year. Yeah, and they went to Maui mm-hmm. to go play in it. Yeah, well, they're not having it in Maui. They're having it in Greenville, oh, North Carolina, no. or Asheville, one of the one of the towns in North Carolina. And it's like, oh, what a bummer! Like, yeah, it's like you're. It's the worst. It's like, oh, we get to go to Maui. Actually, you get to go to North Carolina. Carolina, yeah, anyway. like they couldn't. Man, like even like Florida or something. Like somewhere on the beach would have been better. So Craig can't join us today. Oh, poor uh, Craig. But we'll try to get him uh, later in the week. Anyway. Uh, as a result, we're going to have some news and notes from around the state. Um, then we will uh, unveil the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week, uh, the Darian Maxfield Punch Up and Lucas Coach of the Week, and we've got a pair of interviews we're going to sprinkle in. Uh, we're going to hear from Springtown Coach Brian Hewlett after their big win over Decatur last week, and we'll hear from Buffalo Coach Brandon Houston after their big win over District Rival Rogers coming up here in the back half of the show. Do we first four through the door? We sure do. Um, it was Ed McElroy, Brent Homan, Aaron Flynn, and our favorite Lobos fan, Allison Brown. Also, real fast, quick shout out. Uh, Mark Herda is listening from Singapore. I'm into that. I'm into Welcome. That. I'm into that. We got we got uh, a dude in Singapore, and we got Brent Homan and Graham. So we got it covered. We got it covered. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, I was when I saw that when I saw that uh, that that score when Graham uh, won this week against somebody who I forget right now. Um, my first thought was like, man, Brent Holmes gonna be partying. Yeah, he anyway. just he just said I think they're going back to Globe Life, so he's super pumped yeah. for that. Okay. Um, okay, let's get to some news and notes from around the state, and unfortunately, we have to start with a, a really a really sad story, mm-hmm. uh, a sad story that I think, from what I understand, it's shocking to us. Yes. And it is shocking to, I think, most people publicly, but apparently privately, this was, this is not necessarily, uh, this is obviously sad, but not necessarily a shock. And that is that Liberty Hill coach Jeff Walker has died. Uh, Jeff Walker was 52 years old and from what we understand had been very quietly and very privately battling kidney cancer, uh, for a number of years. Um, he is uh he was a guy you know it's 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 interesting now things start to click into place a little bit mm-hmm. um jeff walker was um uh, you know as i mentioned he was 52 he came back to liberty hill he was a uh, longtime offensive coordinator um for them he was on he was their offensive coordinator when they won title 3a titles in 06 and 07 uh, he left to go become the head coach at rogers um and then in 20, and he had Rodgers really cooking with gas. They were 59-13. They were, fant- you know, they were really good. And then he pretty suddenly left in 2014 uh, to go back to Liberty Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up going back to Liberty Hill in 2016. He left and he cited um, medical and family reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I think you guys know at this point, when somebody says medical and family reasons... That's the end of the conversation. Yeah, I'm not going to ask any more details. We don't pry. It's not my. It's not my. Not my. You know, mm-hmm. I'll. I'll mention. It is notable that he left. We will mention that he left. His reasons are his reasons. You yep. know, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. This is me. I had just kind of assumed at that point. I remember this very distinctly. I remember uh, thinking, you know what? I wonder if like mom or dad right. live around that area, and I wonder if they're just not doing well, and he wants to be near. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently he had been battling kidney cancer for um, for years and he um, 
we got word last night that he had uh, that he had not been that he was in a bad way, and this morning, uh, or late last night, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, he passed away at the age of 52. Of course, Liber- uh, he led Liberty Hill to the state championship game uh, in 2018, um, where uh, where they took on Waco Vega. Um, uh, of course, a, a, a part of the slot T mafia. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he he ran the slot T there at Liberty Hill. Uh, and it is it is a truly heartbreaking moment uh, for obviously the the Walker family, but as well as the the Liberty Hill community. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, they, he coached a game eleven days ago. Eleven days. I ago. was just going to say, what wow. a I mean, what a fight to still be out there on the field doing what he loves. Yeah, he coached a game eleven days ago. Um, and I mean, and the other thing is that you know Liberty Hill making the move up to five A. He had them undefeated. He has them state ranked. Didn't talk um, to him. It is. Uh, it's very uh, just just heartbreaking, heartbreaking uh, news there out of Central Texas. Is Liberty Hill coach Jeff Walker um, has uh, has has died. He was fifty two, um, and so yeah, obviously we're thinking about the the, the Walker family and the, and the Liberty Hill community, community. as well. Um, terrible, terrible news out of there to, to to wake up to this morning. Just just uh, really kind of shocking and kind of kind of shakes you to your core. So um, we're certainly thinking about the Liberty Hill community. Um, we're going to stay in Central Texas. Going to try to go to things that are, you know, less important, but obviously, you know, a little bit more more fun to talk about, I suppose. Um, let's talk a little bit about something that may be flying under people's radar. Yeah, and that is what happened on Friday uh, with regards to Class Six A. We spent a lot of the week and the weekend kind mm-hmm. of reacting and, and 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 kind of going nuts over what happened in the in the pri- in the um, rather in the small school playoffs, and understandably so, the regional semifinals. But there were some big doings in 6A. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Bridgeland's big win over Cy Fair, yes. But maybe the biggest win of the year, or the biggest win of the of the weekend, rather, was Buta Hayes coming back and beating Austin Bowie 21-14. to And the reason that that is notable is that it is now locked in that Austin Westlake... The defending 6A Division II state champs will not defend their 6A Division II crown. Mm-mm. They're heading up. They are heading to the Division One bracket. They needed either uh, Austin Bowie or Del Valley to get into the playoffs in order to bump them back down to Division Two. Mm-hmm. Neither of those happened. The other two teams, besides Lake Travis, Westlake, Austin High, and Buta Hayes, as a result, uh, Westlake goes to Division One. We're going to have a lot of talk about that whenever we do our bracketology next week. Yes. About what that means. But I do think it's twofold. One is that obviously, you know, we're not going to get the, if you didn't hear, we're not going to get the, the Lake Travis-Westlake game Mm-mm. in the regular season. Lake Travis um, has, is basically done for the regular season, they, they announced. And so we're not going to get Westlake-Lake Travis. That's why we didn't preview it last week. And furthermore, um, we could get a regional final potentially between Lake Travis and Westlake. Mm-hmm. I think that, in fact, if you were to take a look at the way the Division One bracket is shaking out, that's a likely. Scenario. I would say that that is the fav the favorite, the chalky pick mm-hmm. would be for Westlake and Lake Travis in a regional final. The other thing that I think is so interesting is that there is now a power vacuum in Six A Division Two. Yeah, it's and wide and open. not. <laughs> I would say not only on on in Region Four. Mm-hmm. But also on that entire right side of the bracket, uh, Region 3 and Region 4, 
feels like it's anybody's ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of headliners. Uh, we're going to find out this week if Katie is going to Division One or Division Two. If Katie were to get inserted into the Division Two bracket, I think they would be a clear favorite. favorite on that right side of the bracket. Uh, a really interesting development there as Westlake is now heading for the Division One bracket, so we will keep an eye on that. I love, too, real fast how uh, I know that y'all talked about it on scoreboard, but who would have thought that Bowie would sit there and determine probably, like, the biggest news to happen? Yeah. Like, they shifted the entire oh. realm of 6A football and it was a it was a game that typically would be like oh okay they're playing and that's about the most notable thing about it one game yeah I mean one like Completely one game that's, shifted. that's that's under people's radar and that's kind of the weird thing about six a six a I think because, it's the because, beautiful thing because about six a yeah because they don't have the preseason division split mm-hmm. as a result you are kind of at the mercy of the rest of your district especially if you're in if you're not a huge school and you're not a tiny school in 6a mm-hmm. if you're in that middle like Westlake is where you can go either way you're kind of scoreboard watching yeah. and so yeah big big development there uh okay uh some more you know unfortunate news bummer of the news let's go up to El Paso where the news has come out this came out yesterday morning that the Sun Bowl the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl uh, which They're great. will not be played this year. It has been canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, according to uh, ESPN's Mark Schlabach. Schlabach? Schlabach, I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, that is pretty notable. Uh, that, the, the, an official announcement expected today. Um, stadium, I believe Brett McMurphy was the first report to report it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be played on New Year's Eve day on, in El Paso, of course, mm-hmm. at the Sun Bowl. Um, it has been played every year since 1935 when it was in, when it was uh, uh, with with its inception. Um, it is in fact tied for the second longest consecutively played postseason game, only behind the Rose Bowl. Um, and so it's a bummer because the Sun Bowl is mm-hmm. awesome, and it's a great spotlight opportunity for the city of El, El Paso. Paso. Um. And and I love the Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl is on my bucket list as far as going to a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bummer. It's usually a Pac-12 versus ACC t- game. Um, it's always on CBS. They've broadcasted it for years and years and years. But it will not happen. It is, in fact, the ninth bowl game that won't be played, uh, joining the Bahamas Bowl, the Celebration Bowl, the Fenway Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Motor City Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, and the Red Box Bowl. Uh, so... <laughs> But unfortunately, you're this telling me that the Red Box Bowl isn't a bucket list item for you. Here's the one that matters: is the Sun Bowl, and that sucks. It's yeah. just plain and simple. I didn't realize it was tied for second behind the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's I knew it'd been a long, long I mean, time, but I didn't know it had been that long. O, it's one of those OG, OG. bowl mm-hmm. games, and it doesn't. Yeah. So it's a bummer uh, for the city of El Paso. Obviously, bigger things in play there than than football, but uh, just a bummer that the Sun Bowl will not be happening. Darn you, uh, 2020 this year. And then I do want to throw this onto people's radar. So we're all pretty excited because this is the final regular season week of 6A and 5A. So you're thinking, all right. Cool. Saturday night, I can log on to TexasFootball.com and get my 6A and 5A brackets. Hold your horses. <laughs> There's that. an asterisk. How about that? <laughs> um, district 4 6A, which is the South Lake Carroll district that is Keller, Keller Timber Creek. Uh, Keller Central. Keller Central. A lot of those schools. I think the Northwest schools, Northwest Eaton, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Northwest Eaton, Byron Eaton. Nelson, et cetera. Uh, they have received an extension from the UIL to play uh, on their district certification. District certification 
is a fancy way of saying finalizing your district standings and tell the UIL who's going to the playoffs. They have received an extension to Monday mm-hmm. uh, because they're trying to get in as many games as possible. They want those games to, to happen. Um, and so, as a result, we will not have finalized brackets until Monday night, until those games are done on Monday. Now, I think 98% of the bracket's going to be set. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably what we'll probably do is on Saturday night is we'll probably put in like oars or something like that. But um, that is happening. I do. I, I will also say this. I think that that because the precedent has been set now that they, that the UIL has granted an extension to that district. I would bet that's not the only district that this happens to. I agree. Because the UIL, because I think there are other districts that are in a similar situation where they want to make up games, but they're up against this clock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That That's when district certification is supposed to be going on. And the UIL has now set the precedent that, that oh, yeah. they'll do this. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, let's put it this way, I don't think they could say no to a district at this point. If they come for an extension, I think they've pretty much got to grant it. Right, because this is just more 2020 dominoes at this point. Right. Now, the one thing I will say, I don't think they will extend it past Monday. I think they're no. going to say no. Hard and fast, no matter what. If you can't play it by the by midnight on Monday, then bye. You just got to give us, you got to certify without it. But I do wonder, keep an eye on this, because I wonder if there's going to be other districts that are going to get into this mix. So, uh, those are some news and notes from around the state. That also changes up uh, bracketology, too. We'll have more bracketology videos coming out, but it might be a little bit more delayed rather than getting yeah. them out on Monday morning like we were able to with 4A through 1A. Right. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football proud to honor one team from each classification with the coach or the team of the week award the schools selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in texas high school football your week 14 dave camel's texas football teams of the week in 6a bridgeland in a rare non-district regular season finale connor wigman threw for 341 yards and two touchdowns both to dylan goffney as the bears took down previously unbeaten Fair 41 29 polishing off the first regular se- undefeated regular season in the program's young history in 5A, San Antonio Alamo Heights. In a defensive slugfest, the Mules stifled Kerrville for a to bring home a 17-9 victory, clinching their first district championship since 2007. In 4A, Austin LBJ. The Jaguars jumped on top of perennial power corpus Christy Cal Allen from the word go and never relented, soaring past the Wildcats 38-24 to clinch a, a spot in the 4A Division I Regional Finals. In 3A, Malakoff, Juan Gonzalez banged through a go-ahead 33-yard field goal in the final moments as the Tigers took down two-time defending 3A Division II state champion Grandview, 24-21, avenging last season's playoff loss to the Zebras. In 2A, Munster, the Hornets went toe-to-toe with reigning state champion or a state finalist Hamlin, and Marty McCoy's game-winning 19-yard field goal as time expired pushed Munster into the regional final with a thrilling 31-28 victory. In 1A, Groom, a balanced attack led by Gunnar Lamb and Braden Williams, guided the Tigers to a 1A Division I state semifinals with a 72-26 victory over Fallout. And in the private school wake, uh, ranks, rather, Waco Riker, 
Despite falling behind early in nasty weather, the Cougars pushed through, getting 238 yards from Eli Cummings in a 27-22 victory over Temple Central Texas Christian in the Taps Division Four playoffs. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week for Week 14. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Matt Stepp was a road warrior last week, went to like 500,000 different football games. Ron Brand. One of them. He went to check out the Springtown Porcupines, who brought home a fantastic victory to move on to the regional final. He caught up with head coach Brian Hewlett afterwards. Here's Matt Stepp's conversation with Springtown coach Brian Hewlett here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football here in Big Spring, Texas, here with the head coach of the Springtown Porcupines, Coach Brian Hewlett, after a hard-fought 24-14 win over Dumas to advance to the regional final in Class 4A Division I, Region 1. Coach, first off, happy Thanksgiving and congratulations on the win. Thanks, Matt. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there. And um, Man, tonight's one of them surviving advance nights. Weren't, weren't, uh, we weren't good, and we weren't good because of those guys over there. And so, uh, man, they got after us, did everything right. Man, they play awesome job over there. Phenomenal job, and you know we're we're lucky to be moving on. I'll take it. Uh, hopefully, go home and correct and fix and, and refocus and do it again. An old panhandle guy. Did this remind you of some of those old panhandle games you used to play when you were in high school? Kind of a hard-nosed defensive battle where you know field position and and, and the wind uh, made a difference in this ball game. You know, kind of how how you guys approach things. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, lot lower scoring than I, than I thought, even though I know both teams had good defenses. Uh, you know, and, and, and it, we, we, we at times play to that. You know, go back and look at our scores. Sometimes when we need to, uh, we, we play to that, and we hadn't had to do that lately. Uh, you know, go back and look at the mid-low ground, the uh, Conley games, and, you know, we can win ugly if we need to. Uh, whether Rather win pretty, but, you know, it's it's – just what it is, it's who we are. You know, we're gonna play defense, we're gonna run the ball, uh, we're gonna play special teams, and it's what we talked about pregame. I mean, that's what it was, and uh, luckily we made enough plays to get the win. You know, it's 7-7 ball game in the fourth quarter, and they, they hit a big pass play, and they're, 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 they're looking at, you know, they had a first and goal there, and I, I couldn't tell who made the hit, but, but I think it was a linebacker who broke through. It was a defensive lineman who broke through and, and made a massive hit on the quarterback running back exchanger. The ball pops out. Uh, you guys recover it. And, and I feel like that, that really just changed the tenor of the game. You guys scored two quick touchdowns and really take control of the game. Uh, how big was a play with, was that? And did you feel like your sideline kind of lit up, lit up after that defensive play? Absolutely. 55 Corbin Mark, man. It's phenomenal all night. 99 Logan Fabrizio, 54 Devin Snell. Man, it's, they, they need the props because they were the ones that made plays all night long. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's finally woke up, you know, and just been preaching it, preaching it, preaching it, preaching it, you know, and, and we just didn't uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, late's better than, than never. And so, uh, but, but absolutely, turning around, finally made plays in the past game. Been, been struggling with that, hadn't done it, had opportunities the all night long or all day long. We, we uh, had some early, just lost in the sun there on some, some low balls and, you know, that hit us right in the hands. And so just, man, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out the whole night so we never got any rhythm. So uh, Corbin made a play and we, we made some plays uh, there and, and which allowed us to get going. Veteran quarterback Chesney uh, in the fourth quarter and those, you know, two big drives, two really good plays to score touchdowns for you guys with, with Beal on, on the, the, the drag route there in the end zone there where he kind of broke contain and found your, found your guy open in the end zone. Then a great throw to Beal there to make it 21-7 on a 33-yard touchdown pass. You know, Camden's got a lot of experience. He, he's he's been, been in these battles before. Um, how, how key is that to have an experienced veteran leader uh, running your offense here in these big playoff games? 
Absolutely. You know, and I told Camden there he had to speed up, though. Camden's so uh, uh, easy speed, man. He's, he, he's, he's <laughs> laid back as they come uh, and makes plays, never nervous, never worried, never gets rattled, not going to get his head down on bad plays, not going to get his head up on good plays. And so I uh, really tried to get him to speed up and get going a little bit, but he make plays, man. When, you, when you're 6'4", 240, you uh, can throw it and you can stay alive, you can run, and then obviously uh, makes plays with his legs, you know, we were just struggling offensively with the three and out, but with our, with some guys being um, tired at times. You know, they just we we hadn't handled it well, and it's obviously a pretty warm day, and so uh, it just took us a while to adapt and figure some things out and settle in. Kicker there, you know, you, you know that's a that's a clutch kick there for your kicker. I mean, obviously the kicking game sometimes can be a luxury at this level, at the 4A level. Not everyone's got a good kicking game. I thought your your uh, I thought the Hall kid did a great job with the punting game as well, uh, and, and in that clutch field goal there to make it a two-score game after after they they use their timeouts, they bow up and stop you guys. That's a clutch kick there. What's that say about uh, about the Hall kid to come out there and nail a 40-yard field goal like that? Because I know that's that's nervous time on the sidelines a little bit. Uh, uh, really kind of disappointed because he almost just fluffed that thing and eased it. You know, Brendan hit a 50-something, 52-yarder as a sophomore to send a game in overtime in playoffs. Brendan's special, man. I mean, he used to, you know, I, I, you asked me to name five players of the game, you know, he's in one of those, and it's every week. And, you know, punting was phenomenal. And then, uh, but obviously to hit the kick, you know, that's what we were talking about it pre, uh, before the play. You know, I think we were third and four. And, they, they made a play and got us. We, we were trying to go get the first down. If we got fourth to one, fourth to two, we were fixing to roll back out there and go for it. But uh, when that happened, you know, that's what we were like. That's what we got him for. You know, I mean, that's, uh, he's special and, and, and trust it, and our kids believe in it. Uh, kids made a call and a, and a switch on a, on, on a line there and did, did a phenomenal job. On a question for you, it's obviously Thanksgiving night. You know, that we're unique circumstances with this game playing on Thanksgiving Day. So we'll ask you a Thanksgiving related question at the end here. Uh, when Coach Hewlett's having Thanksgiving dinner, what, what's the dessert of choice? What, what dessert are you going for after you polish off your Thanksgiving meal? What's, what's the dessert of choice? Uh, what, what's the first thing you're grabbing off the table for dessert? Um, for me, it's probably not traditional, but I eat coconut cream pie. And so my, my mom and my wife and my mother-in-law all know it. So it's always there. So that's what I'm going to go to. Congratulations on the win. Uh, enjoy the scouting trip, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, and we appreciate what you do for student-athletes here in the state of Texas. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate what you do as well. Uh, happy belated birthday. Happy Thanksgiving. Glad you made the trip out, ma'am. There he is, Brian Hewlett, head coach of the Springtown Porcupines, heading to the state or the regional final. By the way, one other thing, regional final. Uh, appreciate Coach Hewlett catching up with Matt Stepp after their game. One thing. This is a pet peeve of mine. This is this is a pet peeve week for me. Okay, you ready for this? Oh gosh, is it me? Guys, this week is the regional finals. Ah, yes. This week is the regional finals. It's not the state quarterfinals. Because the most because first and foremost we value a region championship. You win mm -hmm. region one. This is the regional final. This is not the quarterfinals. This is the regional final. Okay? Next week, semifinals. State semifinals. You do not go into state conversation until you win your region. Right. It's a regional final. Okay. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assisting coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistants for the 
Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. And all leads up to the Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year, decided at season's end. And I don't want to brag, but uh, our Dave, our Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year last year, is now a head coach. So yeah, that's what's up. How about that? That's what's up. Your Week 14, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Post-defensive coordinator Bo Riker, facing one of the state's most powerful offenses, the bold gold defense completely dominated Panhandle, holding them to a mere 44 yards on 42 plays in a staggering 68 to nothing victory in the 2A Division I regional semifinals. Jim Ned, defensive coordinator Fred Dietz, entering the regional semifinals against number one ranked and unbeaten Brock, the Indians' defense was unfazed, shutting out the Eagles in the first half and holding off a late surge in a 1916 upset victory. Tyler Legacy Offensive Coordinator Alan Copeland. The Red Raiders exploded for 349 yards, rushing including 188 yards and two touchdowns from Bryson Donnell as they snapped a five-game losing streak with a 66-0 thumping of district rival North Mesquite. And finally, Everman Offensive Coordinator Ty Bishop. The Bulldogs broke the game uh, uh, broke the game against district rival Joshua Open in the second half, scoring 62 points, the most for the program in more than a year, in a 62 to 14 romp. So those are your Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Matt Step also went to a game in Central Texas. He went to Buffalo taking on Rodgers for the second time this year. It ended up being an absolute thriller with Mm -hmm. Buffalo advancing to the regional final for the first time in program history. Afterward, he caught up with the head coach of the Bison, Brandon Houston. Here's Matt Stuff's conversation with Brandon Houston of Buffalo here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football here at Waco ISD Stadium here with the head coach of the regional semifinal champion Buffalo Bison, Coach Brandon Houston. After you just got a nice cold shower, after a, a, a really hard, hard-fought 37-35 win over a real good Rogers squad, congratulations. Well, thank you. I, I, first of all, I have the utmost respect for Charlie Roden, his staff, and the Rogers Eagles. You know, they're, they're a great district foe. I mean, we feel fortunate to come out here the victory. I didn't know what the final score was. I just know it was in our favor, so I'm super excited for these kids. It's a unique challenge. Obviously, you're playing in this round of the playoffs, and the teams are really good. I mean, you don't get to the third round and not be a good ball club. You had the additional challenge of playing a district foe who they know you guys really well. You know them really well. Um, how do you balance trying to throw a new wrinkle or two at them but still kind of keeping with what you guys do in your base offense despite the fact they know it really well? Well, you know, this weekend we were game planning. We went round and round about that. I mean, you know, many people have, have faced this challenge of playing someone a second time. But at the end of the day, we're, you know, we said, look, we're going to ride or die with uh, Brett Hoffman and Eric Bashirs, Jordan Rogers, and, and this is who we are. And, uh, you know, we did a few wrinkles. They did a great job defensively. Uh, again, it was just a hard-fought game and uh, super proud of our kids. Made plays when they had to. Your defense, you know, your offense gets a lot of the headlines, but I thought, especially early in the game, your defense really set the tone, getting Rodgers off the field, kind of slowing their offense down a little bit, and, and really, I, th- I thought they set the tone for the ball game from the start and let Rodgers know they weren't just going to run up and down the field on you guys. What, what, did, what, did you guys make any defensive adjustments to kind of slow down that, that unique option-based offense they do? Well, we didn't do a ton different scheme-wise. You know, I, I just – Honestly, our defense has kind of been much maligned the last six, seven weeks, and so we just challenged them this week to just get out and play their hearts out. And, uh, you know, we told them scheme's not going to win this thing. You know, they're a tough ball club. They're going to play physical. We've got to try to match that. I thought early on we did a great job of that. You know, I was getting a little worried. We had 
two drops in the end zone. I'm thinking, man, we've got the stops we needed. Weren't able to capitalize, but uh, you know, got a little rocky there in the third. But again, we we did just enough when we had to to, to, to win the ball game. First time ever Buffalo is in the regional final. This is the furthest this school's ever been in the playoffs uh, in football. What's it mean uh, to, to the community, to you personally, to take this ball club that, you know, I mean, preseason, a lot of the folks picked you guys, including us, had you guys outside of the playoffs. And I think uh, Miss Houston reminded me, reminded me of that post game. What, what's this mean to you guys? Well, first, uh, obviously, picking every team in every district is difficult. And so what I told our guys, when some people didn't pick us to be in the playoffs, I said, look, them picking us fifth doesn't mean they don't think we're a good ball club. You know, that's a tough district. And so it just means all these other teams are really, really good, which as our district has shown was true. So uh, as far as getting, you know, to the fourth round or whatever, yeah, what's this, the quarterfinals, to get here is huge for our town. It'll be big for our program going for, you know, forward as we're trying to build you know, a, a championship mindset. When I got here in 2018, I said, look, we want to build this thing to be a, defense, a December ball club you know, and win games when it's cold. And I think we've shown that in, in the three years here. Uh, now, again, I'll worry about, uh, I guess, Franklin. You know, I'll worry about them later. We're going to enjoy this one. Super proud of our team. Question for you. I've asked all the coaches this weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's obviously a big, you know, holidays, all that good stuff. Coach Houston, when he's eating Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving dinner's done and you, you polished off the turkey and all the sides, what's your go-to dessert? What's the first dessert that you're going after uh, once you finish the meal? God, they're so, I, honestly, the first one I come to because I'm going to go to every single one of them. <laughs> I, 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 when it's Thanksgiving, you put in, I mean, obviously you put food in front of me, I'm not going to push it away. But, hey, we are thankful that, you know, we're able to play this game. We're thankful that we got the season underway and obviously thankful to, to still be playing. That's in the win. Enjoy it. Uh, get some rest and uh, good luck prepping for Franklin next week as you get to the uh, fourth round of the playoffs. Again, thank you so much for all you and, and, and uh, Dave, Tam uh, Dave Campbell, Texas football do for the, the state of Texas and high school football. Thank you. There's Brandon Houston, head coach of the regional finalist Buffalo Bison. They get another test against Franklin this week. They're another district, another district team. Yeah. Um, that district, 15-3A Division II. Seeing a bunch of those rematches this week. Doing, doing work. Yeah, we were just talking about it, about how mm -hmm. um, right side of the 3A Division I bracket is is all rematches mm -hmm. in Hallettsville and Columbus and then Lano and, and Lago Vista. Mm -hmm. um, those are... You know, a lot of lot of rematches this week, um, so we'll find out. We'll see what happens. But in any case, we pre appreciate Brandon Houston from Buffalo hopping on with us. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, the final thought. Um, are we going to? Hi. <laughs> are we going to do a bracket challenge for five and six A? Do we know yet? Are we yeah, I think that's the goal. That? I think that's the goal. So I don't know. It's so weird because like. It's all over the place. It's all over the place, and my mind's kind of scattered. We are going to try to do the bracket challenge for 6A5A. Also, guys, you got to chill out about the pick'em. <laughs> you got to chill out about the pick'em. We know. We're updating it. Chill. We're trying. Cool your jets. We'll get to it. It's not... You know, we get a lot of text line stuff yeah <laughs> about that 
We're like, we get it. We're trying. We're trying. We've got a lot There's to do around two here. seasons going on right We're now. We're trying to cover two seasons. And that's a lot. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Springtown coach uh, Brian Hewlett and Buffalo coach Brandon Houston for being our guests. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today. Thank you.